By the way, Kyle, we have no idea what we're doing, so... <laughs> That's not true. We're awesome. experts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wing it like I've winged my career, so here we go. <laughs> You're in good company. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cut to Reveal. As always, I'm Ricky, and I'm with my co-host, Peter. Peter, what are we doing today? So today we'll be talking about uh, the topic that was feeded to us by a friend of yours, a producer you worked with, right? Yep. And the topic is the power of experimentation. So basically yeah. the power of experimentation via the prism of editing, so to speak. And we're not alone today. We'll, we'll be discussing the topic with a friend of ours um, yeah. and also a fellow editing chef student, uh, Kyle. Before we get to the, you know, meet of today's discussion. Kyle, how about you give us like a short introduction? Sure. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Kyle. I just moved to LA about five months ago after being a uh, editor and videographer in Houston for 10 years. So I'm like five months into my grand journey of uh, being out in LA and really going for the dream. I've been able to work on a couple features, uh, work on a doc, I'm still working towards my uh, days to join the union. I'm about 30 days left. But, uh, yeah, just trucking along and trying to find work where I can get it right now. That's fantastic. I think that's even better than anybody can expect or hope for when moving to a place like L.A. So congratulations, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, by the way, I, I'm an ignorant. Basically, what are requirements to get, you know, to the union? A lot of people do like the assistant editor route. So mm -hmm. they do that because you only need like 100 days to kind of join the editor's guild. Uh, editors have to have 175 days. And you have to have like mm -hmm. an editor credit, which when you're first moving out here is like much harder to get, you know. So I'm choosing to, even though I, I consider myself an editor and want to edit and not be an assistant, um, I'm choosing the route of uh, doing the 100 days mm -hmm. of being an assistant editor. And then you kind of do the whole thing of, you know, letting your editor know, hey, like, I'll do a great job editing or assisting, but I do want to eventually edit. And hopefully you meet a cool editor who kind of lets you uh, maybe cut some scenes or whatever. And then the way things work, maybe they kind of leave for another show and you're bumped up if you're working in TV or there's all sorts of different ways it can happen so that's just mm -hmm. kind of what you hope for okay perfect Let, let's get to the topic yeah i think it's it's worth actually quoting the producer that asked us this that question basically she asked why it's sometimes valuable to tear apart everything and try something totally of the of the wall even if you're farther down the line what i want to start with is the fact that the things that we consider to be like foundations of editing were actually experiments a long time ago. Right. So take a cut. Like a cut was ex was an experiment, like in the early days of cinema, right? Mm -hmm. In the early days of cinema for a few years, I guess, all of the films were one-shot movies, right? Right. And then someone had that idea, how about we, we actually make a cut and we... Um, intercut between few places to to create like that uh, there was this film where they they were like firemen 
you know, getting ready for action, action, and then another place where there were people like you know trying to escape a burning building or something like that, and mm-hmm. the audience like just just made that connection. But it wasn't like you know, it wasn't back then. It was a very risky experiment, actually. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew if audience would be able to connect the two scenarios, the two ideas together, and you know, create like a coherent uh, narration in their heads, right? Right. So something that is like something that we consider to be foundation and so obvious, like a cut, mm-hmm. actually was an experiment. Uh, right. You know, a few. Uh, more than a few, but 120 years ago or something like this, right? It's interesting that you can kind of see that footprint of, oh, this is where it all began and you can look back upon it. Yeah, so I guess like my point is that like experimentation is actually happening all the time and that's something that introduces like, you know, new ways of talking that in that like film language that we, you know, all are familiar with. Mm-hmm. these days right even when i think yuriki asked about the jump cuts um, jacob brickant about the jump cuts in mm-hmm. one of our previous episodes right and also he like answered like you know yeah embrace it like this that's something that that was not acceptable like 15 years ago but these days it's you know it's a grammar that that we speak Everything we know about film language and how we interact with movies was actually an experiment like some time ago. Jacob Bricka's point was that now with so much media coming out or so many places where people are creating content, um, that that's informing how movies are made. And specifically with what Peter had mentioned was that it was essentially like jump cuts within an interview, which you wouldn't have seen in regular films back in the day, but because of YouTube and things like that, where you've got people who are editing, but not necessarily editors, so to speak. And it just kind of informed the way that you see movies being made. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it's these outside influences now are influencing what we see on the screen. I, I just want to reference one of the Jacob Bricka's quotes, actually, from mm-hmm. the book. It's crucial to see all ideas as valid, even if they go against one's first instincts. And yeah, I think that's also like the foundation of how we should behave in in the editing bay. This mindset is necessary to be able to be open to experimentation. I'm pretty sure that he said something like editing is about experimentation. Without experimentation, there is no editing. Like it's just execution, right? You take two shots that were not meant to be next to each other. You put them together and you see how it works, right? And that's that's all we do, like all the time, basically. Yeah, I mean, I know, Kyle, that you have been working, I don't know if you finished it yet, but you've been working on a uh, a documentary about apartment buildings in um, Houston. Can you talk a little bit about that and just how maybe you've experimented in that project? Yeah, yeah, so it's about a, a tenant union in Houston helping out uh, people who like live in apartments. Uh, they like did a rent strike and all that. I volunteer for it as well. So I was making content for them while it was happening. Even though I have like four or five of these like packages that I made, I really did feel like I do have to start all over because it's been messing with the overall, like now like the documentary story that I want to tell. And like, uh, that would probably will be good, but it has been tough of just like, man, I have to do this all over again. I've gotten to this point now in the last couple of weeks where it's like, all right, I, I can now see the story uh, in my head and I'm kind of 
embracing going back to like, okay, now experimenting with it. And I do, one thing I am struggling with, I think is sort of show the audience how the media portrays these kinds of stories and how that does kind of mess with how people perceive like what's actually happening. And I do now have to experiment in like showing that. I still haven't figured that out, but I'm going to experiment and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I also kind of wrote down before I started, like that is the job. Like you had mentioned before, like that's what you're yeah. doing all the time is experimenting. And, you know, you can cut something one day and then you watch it the next and you're like, this sucks. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? And then you're just experimenting more and all that. That's the fun too, of seeing what else you can do. Um, one editor I worked with on a, like a documentary, like he cut four different like ways of doing the scene, like on one timeline, just to see what it works. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. there's all sorts of different ways you can do it. Just embrace the cringe. Like, <laughs> I think experimenting the like more experimental you get is the scariest. It's more vulnerable because in a way, it's like you, mm -hmm. like you are putting everything in to this cut. So if you like, all right, a hundred percent, my original idea, and then you put it out to the world and they're like, this sucks. You're like, ouch, that hurts. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, so the more you do experiment, the more you're putting yourself out there. And that, that's, that can be very hard to do. That's a very good, good thought. Yeah. Within our second episode that when you talk to uh, Jim Cummings, he said something very similar to that, like within his own films and all of us as being artists and stuff can um, definitely relate to that of like pouring yourself into these things that you're sitting for hours on and it, hopefully that people can see you in it and also you are definitely putting yourself mm -hmm. out there where because you put so much emotion and soul into it that if people are like this sucks then it's like you suck <laughs> and it hurts that much more yeah jim made the point that he actually likes to be under that pressure because that's yeah. what gets like the best out of him right the best mm -hmm. performance out of him yeah That's you're always kind of fighting your ego in editing mm -hmm. you can be like oh no this is the best uh i know what to do there's that one part i think with me i'm like on the other side where uh i'm like can be unsure of like what i'm doing and then mm -hmm. usually when i put stuff out there then i get like compliments but man that getting over that hump of like let's put this thing out here and let's see what happens like that's yeah, that's gonna be scary. I feel like that comes with the territory. You are putting it together. You think it looks good. Maybe it doesn't look good. You're questioning yourself all the time, and you're experimenting constantly because you're like, "Does this work like this? Does this combo work?" And it's mm -hmm. it's a never-ending struggle until you get somebody mm -hmm. else to look at it to either confirm or deny that you've created anything <laughs> that's worth watching. So, yeah, it's a. I started this uh, program that uh, is like Zach Arnold's stuff. And so mm -hmm. he yeah. has some, like, there's like legit, like they've edited several movies or TV shows and they have the exact same problem. Like I was hoping yeah. like, you know, as you get more established, that kind of goes away, but it really doesn't ever seem to go away. It's always uh, battling out your own self, really. Before we go on, we're going to take a short sponsor break. Cuts to Reveal podcast is brought to you by The Editing Chef, a course for editors who seek to maximize their creative productivity and streamline the editing workflow. 
The course introduces tips and techniques that will help you edit more efficiently and therefore make it more enjoyable. Plus, it will delight your clients and keep you passionate about our wonderful profession. So if you want to learn more and save your spot, visit cuttothepoint.com forward slash TEC. And now back to the podcast. Ricky, how about you? <laughs> Do you have an example of where you experimented? Maybe on Bain's documentary? Yeah, I think that, I mean... I know that we talked about it with Erwan, Jervan, and John in the previous episode mm -hmm. about the hardest thing is the opening. Definitely had that experience with uh, holding these moments where we had decided, okay, you know, we're trying to make it easier on ourselves by like coming up with a paper edit. But then even then, it's you're still experimenting because then you got to throw it together on the line. So initially for that, we were going to have like this real deep voiceover with like shots of their hometown and whatever and then so we kind of did that and it was like this isn't working and they're like okay well maybe we'll cut it down maybe we won't even have the dialogue and we'll just have these shots so i like cut probably like three or four different different scenes of like okay how is this opening going to go and then in the end we you know even though we put in the time to like have somebody record like a vo and do all those other things it ended up just all going out the window <laughs> because then I was like, okay, this isn't working. We need to like try something else. We had a, a totally different opening where it was more about like, let's talk, let's cut to the meat, like what's actually happening with these people rather than like trying to be too artsy. We're being overdramatic in like getting into this thing when we could have just been like, okay, these are the guys. They're going to talk <laughs> about how this is what's happening. And then that's what's going to get us into it and lead us into like the opening credits. And that ended up working way better because then it kind of immediately set the stage so you knew what you were getting into rather than like these like poetic voiceovers with these scenes of Worcester. And then even within that whole documentary is there's experimentation in every, in everything that I do <laughs> because of this the imposter syndrome. Like, okay, how are we doing this? How can I make this the best that I can? I mean, how about you, Peter? I mean, even within working on Cold Little Bird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have done a few experiments, I guess. Like, we, we have tried a few different scenarios where we reshuffled a few scenes. The biggest, like, example that comes to my mind from, from mm -hmm. my work uh, is actually for another short film, uh, Stay Pretty, uh, that I did with Darius Breed. And that short is not out yet. It's like 99% done, but it's not out. This short was very, is very unique in a way because Darius didn't have a chance to shoot all of the scenes he wanted. He started shooting and then COVID happened and um, we basically put it on hold for a few months. But after almost a year, we got back to it and we decided, you know what, let's not wait anymore. Let's try to look at the footage we already have mm -hmm. and let's try to find a story in that. So there were like, you know, we had the most important scenes, I think. And we just decided we'll try to like reshuffle the, the whole uh, short film and maybe like, you know, even like, you know, change uh, the narration a little bit uh, to, to, to have something a little bit different than we originally uh, aimed for right we did a few variations and basically the the way it worked uh, with me and him was uh, i edited the version of a short film then i streamed it to him he gave me notes I, I i applied the notes and you know a regular feedback process right but at some point and i cannot take any credit for that darius had an idea 
How about, uh, because as I said, like we edited this, this short film almost like a documentary. We treated the footage as a documentary footage, so to speak, to some extent mm -hmm. at least, because we didn't have like, you know, the, 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 all of the scenes that were in the script. Uh, and Darius had an idea, how about we actually throw everything away, throw away the structure that we have right now, even though we, we felt we are quite close to having like a quite a solid edit. Mm -hmm. And we try to intercut the main scene with the rest of the movie. So instead of like having that, that main scene in the middle of the of the short, mm -hmm. instead we kind of like you know feed it part of parts of that scene throughout the whole whole short. So the the short like almost start, starts with that scene, and then we like go back to it. We have another part. We go back to it. We have another one, and then we end on that scene as well. So mm -hmm. that's like the intercutting thing that, we, that we've done. Obviously, the audience will be there to judge, but I think like the way we feel about it, this was the version that worked best. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's that's the best example of uh, you know the power of experimentation in in my work, I guess. Yeah, I mean, so it's it going to be his fault. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I said, so it's going to be his fault if the audience... Uh... <laughs> uh, he has good instincts, so I, I, I feel pretty confident that it was a good choice. Yeah, Working with a director really helps rather than me and uh, Kyle both kind of been had worked by ourselves <laughs> or like we're self-directing our own stuff. And so it makes it a little bit harder uh, in that sense. Not to say that I didn't have a director on holding these moments, but, you know, there's been other documentaries that I've worked on that were kind of that same way where it's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And, but you don't have anybody being like, okay, this is good. Other than once you give it out rather than, you know, with Darius kind of not necessarily looking over your shoulder being like, okay, you and me, we're going to fig figure this out. What can we do? Yeah. But just discussion, like discussion process rather than yeah. like, you know, the, the, uh, feedback loop. It's it's it's, right. it's a feedback look, but but not centered on giving feedback. It's more centered on discussing the the, the thing that we things that we've done, right. and then actually like deciding on what the feedback is. And I like this approach a lot. Like in my opinion, it's the best like uh, value for money in a way. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you'd get most out of this kind of collaboration. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like people are looking for experimentation. Like the audience wants that. The audience doesn't want to watch the same thing over and over again, of course. Um, this is my third time watching The Sopranos. Uh, mm -hmm. And you talk about experimenting. The ending is something that, I don't know, have you guys seen it? No, don't spoil it for me. <laughs> oh, can't spoil it then. Okay. Uh, oh, man. Oh, no. I shouldn't talk about this then. <laughs> I, I know uh, what happens at the end, but I don't know what the edit is. I haven't seen I it. I don't. So. Oh. Okay. Well, Keep then. Keep your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to talk about two examples. Well, that one, it, it's controversial. And so, but people still talk about it to this day. Like, it was mm -hmm. definitely a huge risk doing it the way that they did it and a lot of people were mad <laughs> about it and but mm. i feel like okay that probably had to be a lot to deal with but i feel like people still talk about it and i love i love the ending um, but was it so, more like was it an experimenting uh sorry editing experiment or more like a screenwriting experiment um i would it, story probably yeah, but yeah, i, I so would say like, yeah uh -huh. 
it is an editing like thing that happens. You're just gonna have to see it. I don't know. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I plan to watch the show, uh, the series. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have you watched any of it? I have seen like few excerpts on you okay. know here and there on YouTube. Yeah. You better get on. Yeah, there. I know. That's I like know a Rushmore it. show. <laughs> Sometimes you have examples of like pure editing experimentation. So the example mm-hmm. of like intercutting that, just, that I just said for mm-hmm. that uh, short film with Darius uh, Breed, uh, this was like a pure editing experiment, right? But very often you have you actually it's actually like a mixture of experiment that has to be reinforced with editing. But mm-hmm. the experiment is more like, a, as, as you said, like a, from a story perspective or just from a like cinematography perspective. So, mm-hmm. you know, the cinematographer or the director is feeding you a specific uh, style of filming that, that becomes an experiment in the film, right? Can you think of any examples for that? I, I, I don't know. The one that comes to my mind is like Pi. Like it used a lot of like very... Uh, abstract shots that that were like clearly an experiment by by you know a director and the cinematographer. The the things that come to mind is when we were talking with the the three editors last time is some of the footage that they had received or that was shot. Uh, there was something wrong with it, and so they had mm-hmm. to be very experimental with how they were cutting the, these scenes to make mm-hmm. them work. I think of that, and then when I worked on um, <clears throat> this horror movie called Hoax where it was similar to that, like a similar situation where they had, um, there's a scene where um, a character is riding a a quad through the forest and he ends up crashing it. And when they filmed it that day, like it was like the worst film day ever. Everybody was like pissed off and nothing was working right. Um, Peter Morgenthau, the guy who edited it, he had that same, um, was in that same situation. We're just like, okay, we've got all this footage, so there's something there, but it's like we're gonna have to like figure this out and experiment yeah. with it so that we can put it together. Um, mm-hmm. And just me knowing the story and then seeing what he came up with is, uh, I mean, he ended up making it work, and it was it looks way better than it. it you know, even to mm-hmm. how they tried to script it, it looks way better than than that. So yeah, when I'm thinking about experiments like. Uh my mind comes back to these things that we take for granted these days. Mm-hmm. Like something like, you know, a match cut in 2001 Odyssey, right? From the bone to the spaceship, which, you know, the the cut basically like shows like few thousand years of human evolution, right? Mm-hmm. And that that was an experiment and something that is reused by countless editors these days. Like, not in the sense of, like, you know, having a cut that takes you from one era to another one, but mm-hmm. in a sense of, like, you know, of finding the connection that, that works as a match cut, right? And, like, conveying an, a message through the cut that it was a successful experiment. And, again, we use it these days all the time, right? Another one that comes to my mind is, like, uh, for example, Raging Bull fighting sequences, Right. Uh, that are very rapid, but they use like speed ramping, 
where you have like mm. you know you have this very fast paced sometimes mm. even like a, like an overlap uh, cut where you like repeat action from that that already happened to to you know to to reinforce the the moment and then it's mm. followed by a very slow moment where you are almost like you know playing it like in twenty percent of speed right mm. and you just has this hesitation and just like you know you get into the mind of the um, of the character. Uh, mm-hmm. And like the cutting patterns they they used, Felma Schoonmaker and uh, Martin Scorsese is like basically these are like pure experiments. You can tell, like watching it, you can tell that this is something that they they haven't replicated anything. They they just yeah. played with the footage and just cut with their guts, so to speak, right? right. To to get yeah. it where they needed to be emotionally. I feel as an example of like. You're just always evolving as a creator. Is you mentioned Pi, that movie. I've tried to watch it and I can't like stand it. It like grates me <laughs> to the bone. But yeah. Requiem for a Dream, which is his next movie. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure they had the same editor, but like that is like that is one of the movies that I think of where it's like uh, I don't know what how you do this editing thing, but I want to do that. <laughs> like uh, yeah. <laughs> just. The they call it like a hip hop montage. I think he called it mm-hmm. um, with all those like quick things in the in between the scenes and all that. And that's I think that was probably an experiment, you know. Um, so like I'm sure it was loved it. Yeah, it must have been. It must have been like you know they they needed to these moments to be like abrupt and convey the emotion of you know a drug addict person. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that they like came up with that cutting pattern, um, and like you know they they had the images right. That's something that the director already knew that they need, but and maybe they had like initial idea. Okay, we'll cut it fast, right? But until you're in, in the editing bay, you, you don't know how it's actually gonna feel like, right? So you mm-hmm. have to come up with like with a cutting pattern. They at least that they came up with a cutting pattern that. Uh, yeah, is referenced by like countless people, people to these days, right? Yeah, it's something that we all notice and that we appreciate, and kind of changes the, the landscape that we end up seeing and experiencing movies. Um, and there's the power of editing, of experimentation. That, that's <laughs> right, bringing it all back around. <laughs> that's the goal. I hope I, I my experiment wouldn't that be like amazing? Is like your experiment becomes like the cut or the oh like, yeah people <laughs> reference know, like, in the oh, future yeah. oh my goodness yeah becomes that's, a standard that's a holy grail yeah <laughs> and then they name the cut after you the kyle cut oh that's a kyle yeah. cut <laughs> yeah. actually Someday, i think like yeah. in, in my opinion casey neistat has one uh, at least I call it this way, uh, like a nice cat. I, I call uh, whenever someone is like making the choice to cut I- in the middle of the sequence. So, for example, mm-hmm. you have the line like, you know, okay, just uh, let's meet in Marriott Hotel. Okay. He, sometimes, like, if Casey does his video, it will be like, mm-hmm. okay, let me meet, let's meet in the Mark. And that's it, right? And he doesn't like, and seriously, he does it like multiple times in in his videos, where he doesn't include like the last word or the half of the word. Interesting. I wonder if that was uh, the importance of like experimenting too. This made me think of that. Like, I wonder if it was an accident 
like I wish people knew how many times when I'm editing where things are just an accident. Like I didn't even mean to do it. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just all of a sudden, oh, okay, that works. Cool. Yeah, that's true. I definitely noticed stuff like that specifically as when it's not necessarily from an experimentation of like, I'm going to experiment with this and we'll see what happens. It's more mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to try this and see if it works. And then it's like, you know, it's a simple thing. Like I'm going to ripple delete this and then maybe it's going to be fine. <laughs> and then it's fine. You're like, Oh my God, I'm a genius. I'm so good. And I've definitely said that to myself. I'm like, Oh, you're the best. You've done it. You've done it. And it's, not nothing that's like groundbreaking in this sense of like people are going to see this and they're going to know it's me that did it because I'm going to put my name all over it. It's more like, oh, this people's sync. It's in sync now. Look at I, I said it and it just kind of paced itself out and it's perfect. Like I was so intuitive about it and I start believing my own hype and then something else happens and I'm like, I'm a loser. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, definitely the experimentation doesn't have to be always so grandiose of like, okay. We're going to do this deliberately. We're going to, you know, break the mold here. It's sometimes an accident where your experimentation is just like, I'm going to see what happens with this and not even like thinking too much about it and just like trying it and being like, if it happens, it's great. If not, then I'll just move on to the next thing. I forget who said at the very beginning, but yeah, it just it being part of the job is like I'm experimenting the whole time. You just Mm -hmm. like you said, not even thinking about it. And then, yeah, then it, then you know when it clicks. I think that's a very interesting thing is what you just said to kind of wrap it up is that, you know, experimentation is something that people will think of and think of it as being a unique thing that, like I said, changes the the landscape of filmmaking and storytelling. But it's also something that we do so often that it's kind of old hat for us. Like, this is what we're doing all the time. We're always experimenting. It's sometimes it's deliberate. Sometimes it's accidental. And sometimes it's just, I don't know, it just happens. It's freeform. It's like jazz or, you know, noodling mm-hmm. on whatever. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting that, you know, that's what we are in general. And we don't really talk about it that much. Like nobody says editors are experimenters, even though that's exactly what we are. Because we yeah. have to solve, we have to think creatively to solve these problems within the story, within the video or whatever it is that we're, that we're trying to bring together. I guess we'll we'll end it there because that's kind of just something to think about in general. That's a very good summary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So until the next time, shoot and think about that question or that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Like there is no tomorrow. (laughs) Like there is no tomorrow. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you've listened to this on. Your reviews help more people discover this show. You can also follow us on Instagram. Just search for at cut to reveal and tell your friends. And if you have any questions or comments, send them to podcast at cut to And who knows, maybe we'll use them in the future episodes. And as we say around here, until the next time, shoot and edit like there is no tomorrow. Mm-hmm.